welcome to Kasamahan Co, previously known as Reclaiming Filipinx Identity Show. Today on the podcast, I am so honored to introduce to you our seven guests for season six. To briefly introduce herself, she is born and raised in Manila, Philippines. She moved to Hawaii for college at the age of 16, right after graduating high school. She received her degree in journalism from the University of Hawaii at Manoa while on a student visa. She has lived in Hawaii for five years and just last year in the middle of the pandemic, she moved back to Manila after her student visa ended. A little thing that you don't know about our guest is she is someone that is always willing to persevere and strive for not only the imperfections but strive to be the very best she can be and the moment that I got to have this conversation with her it really has opened my eyes especially because for someone to come to Hawaii as as an international student and especially at the age of 16 wow and a little sidebar the Philippine education system is a little bit different from American education just keep that in mind but one thing that I do want you guys to keep in mind while listening to the podcast is that this feeling that she had felt about being able to fit in into a society that tries to kind of reject you almost. But without further ado, I will have our guests introduce themselves with their name, profession, gender pronouns, and what Filipino food describes your personality. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. So my name is Jim Bea. She, her. You can call me she or her. And I'm actually not Filipino-American. I'm more like a Filipino who was in America. So I was actually an international student. Um, and I lived in Hawaii for five years. So I was on student visa. And then in... 2019, I graduated journalism degree from University of, of Hawaii at Manoa. And um, yeah, that's basically me. And if you could describe yourself in the Filipino dish, cuisine, or dessert, what would you describe your personality? Oh my god, you're asking me some like beauty queen, beauty pageant questions. <laughs> so I'd say that I'm very adobo-ish. I love adobo and I think that's basically describes who I am. Um, I think I'm kind of salty sometimes. I don't know what that means, but like um, besides <laughs> besides that, I think, you know, when you eat adobo, it's like very tasty. It's like it's um, sour, but it's like si- sometimes sweet, salty. So I guess like me as a person, my personality is very colorful in that sense so yeah i hope that makes sense (laughs) honestly there is no right or wrong to that question because when it comes to food food is just one way to describe who you are and sometimes when we get to the episode i kind of see the relation to why you chose that food so i'm really excited to get to know you and Feel free to speak in Taglish or Tagalog, um, if anything. What makes you comfortable? Uh, this is your narrative, and I want you to be comfortable in your own telling. Your- How do you see yourself with your own cultural identity before and now? But before I ask that question, maybe give a little background story on who you are. I'm born and raised in Manila, so... And you know how like high school here, right? Um, right after high school, I went straight to Hawaii for college. And back then here in the Philippines, high school is up to like fourth year, 10th grade. We only have up to 10th grade here back then. Um, unlike in Hawaii, you have until 12th grade, right? So right after 10th grade high school here in the Philippines, I went straight to Hawaii for college. I just turned 16 when I started college in America. So I'm like the youngest person in the room. Everywhere I go, I'm the youngest person there. And um, yeah, I went to LCC for two years, got my associates there. And then after that, I transferred to UH to get my um, bachelor's in um, journalism. And then after those four years, um, 
in my student visa, I actually have one year of working visa. So I was actually able to work at Hawaii Filipino Chronicle in Waipahu when I was also able to um, work as a part-time teacher in Waipahu Intermediate School. <laughs> so yeah, and then after that, um, after that, after working, I went back home here in Manila. So yeah, now I'm back home here. In and then to answer your question about my cultural, I, so you know, like, as I said earlier, I, I went to Hawaii straight out of high school. And you know, I still had that mindset of a high schooler, which is like, we all know when we were in high school, we're all trying, trying to fit in. Like, it doesn't matter if it changes who we are, we just want to fit in. You know, so of course, when I moved to Hawaii, I was six, I was six, I, I literally just six, turned 16. I lived with my, I actually have relatives there, which is good. Um, my grandma and my auntie and my two cousins. So like when I found that, that when I found out that I'm actually going to move to the U.S., that's when I'm like, oh, my God, I can finally say that I'm American. But I cannot say that I'm American because I'm not American. I'm Filipino. But then as I try to like sur survive in Hawaii, I'm like, am I going to call myself Filipino-American? But I cannot say I'm Filipino-American. I haven't been here long enough, right? I cannot even call myself international student because you know how like in our culture, in pop culture, quote-unquote international students are like the rich kids. <laughs> The rich kids, the rich Asian kids who wear like designer clothes and like they're, they're just studying, abro studying abroad for experience. But like for me, I wasn't studying abroad. I wasn't studying in the U.S. for experience. I wanted to give the American dream a shot. So, so like my, my identity back then, I... I was very confused. I didn't know where I belong. I constantly asked myself, where do I belong? What am I really? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? So yeah, I can't even call myself immigrant because I'm not an immigrant. Back then I was super confused, but now I just realized that I'm I'm just Filipino. I'm I'm just Filipino. That's it. I just happen to be at a different place. I was a, I was a Filipino in Hawaii. That's what I would call myself. But now that I'm back home here, I would just call myself I'm I'm a Filipino who just happens to to spend the last five years of her life in Hawaii. So yeah, I mean, still confused, but now I'm like more like I'm learning more about myself. Thank you for sharing and. Talaga, when you were sharing, when before um, you kind of answered the question, how do you see yourself be um, before? Um, especially as someone who came to Hawaii at the age of 16, and then at the age of 16, um, typically there's um, a lot of people are still in high school here, and then you are already in college. So I guess also that kind of plays into like, oh, I'm the how do I it's like playing that game where I'm everyone around me is like older than me but at the same time how do I kind of like I'm basically still alone right mm -hmm. so yeah 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 it makes sense and I was 16 I was basically a kid I was basically a kid but then college is called college is that time in your life when you really have to like Come on, come on, adult things, adult things. You gotta start studying, you gotta start working, you gotta start planning your career. Like, but I was a kid, so just in school itself, I didn't know what to do. And then you're asking me about my identity as a whole. It was really confusing, really confusing. I, the, the fact that you also brought up that I couldn't, you couldn't call yourself an international student or an immigrant student or immigrant because there's this certain stigma behind it. And I wanna kind of transition into this question, which is, um, and you can elaborate with it more. Like, I, know, I know that we all have our struggles, but what was that struggle of you to embrace your own sense of cultural identity, especially moving to- Yeah, because um, you know, like when you're, say, when you're not white in America, we're always going to have like that blank dash 
American, right? Filipino American, African American, Asian American. So like for me, I don't know if I deserve that dash American because I, I just turned 16 and I know damn well after I graduate, I'm gonna move back home or if I get lucky, I might have a working visa. So it was like, I was trying so hard to chase, to chase that um, dash American, you know, because I'm Filipino, I know that. But like, am I like a Filipino immigrant? Am I a Filipino American? Am I, what am I? So it was, I really struggled with that. But here's the thing, my experiences in America is similar to those who are an immigrant, a Filipino American, even international students, my experiences were the same as those groups, people. But then, I don't know, I don't know for myself too. I didn't know, cause like, oh yeah, I struggled with like cultural shock, just like my Filipino American cousins. But then I'm, I kind of get that Filipino dash American in my Filipino-ness. I cannot get that cause I haven't stayed here long enough. And then same for immigrants. Immigrants have green card, or American citizenship on their papers, but my paper says I'm international students. And that goes same for the international students. Oh, all our paper are, are the same. It's all, it all says um, international student. But then I'm not rich. I'm not as rich as those um, quote unquote international students that we know in pop culture, in our mainstream media. So I'm like, when I was in college, I didn't which group I belong to. But like when I started working, that's when I realized, especially that I was working in Hawaii Filipino Chronicle, that's when I really like learned that, oh, there's still a lot of people here who are still like embracing their Filipino. They're not really chasing that dash American in the Filipino American. They're just Filipino. So that's when I really start to read, okay, I'm just, I'm still Filipino. I'm just Filipino. I don't have to chase that dash American in the Filipino American. I can just embrace my Filipino. That's when I really learned Gracie, my cultural identity. Cause I think that's that's the time that I started really maturing as well. Because when I was confused, I was still a kid. I was still chasing a lot of things. But now that I'm older, that's when I realized that uh, I didn't really have to chase that American. I just had to like embrace my own Filipino culture, learn more about myself, or just learn about the Filipinos here in Hawaii. And that's exactly what I did. And now I can just say I'm Filipino. A really great thing that you brought up, like you're taking the initiative to, to learn, um, especially with the opportunities that you're brought into, um, especially as a writer for Hawaii Filipino Chronicle, um, which helps you really um, understand some of the things in our community, um, especially that, that can also help you to stay connected. For you, um, especially growing growing up in a Filipino household in the Philippines, how was it? How was that experience for you and cultural shock when you came to Hawaii? So um, I think just like all my cousins who moved in Hawaii, the Philippines were really like colonized. So like we're like, oh yeah, we can all speak English here. Uh, we always watch Disney, so I know my English. I know how people are in America and all that. Like, we're very, like, American in a sense. We're, like, Americans in Asia, honestly, Filipinos here. But, oh, my God. I did good in English in class in high school. My All my English tests were, like, good. And then I'm the person my parents run to if they need, like, someone help with their, like, English on their papers and all that. Even even at the U.S. Embassy when we were applying for my, like, for, for our family's tourist visa, for my student visa, I was like, oh, I can talk to this American, American clerk here. So I guess I can do it and I can survive in Hawaii. When I got there, I cannot speak. My accent is just I'm scared to talk. My accent was like thick. Some of them didn't even understand me, even though I'm speaking English. That's that really scared me because, you know, I'm a kid. I just wanted to fit in. But like I got there, I am not fitting in. I didn't know what to do. So like the cultural shock was like it scared me, especially when I was in high school. I'm doing good with my grades. But then when I got there, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to like do this because I cannot 
I'm standing out in class, yeah, but like I'm standing out because like my accent is bad. Everyone's looking at me funny, and um, and I'm the and I'm the youngest person as well. So like, and a little sidebar, I wanted to at least commentary on this part of the podcast because the feeling that Bea felt when she moved from the Philippines to Hawaii to study is the same feeling that I felt when I moved to Hawaii to settle here. And I still vividly remember to this day, and I was in the second grade, and I heard one of my classmates was speaking Filipino, specifically Tagalog, and I was so eager, just like, oh, Filipino siya, I can speak Tagalog. So I bursted out speaking Tagalog to her, and I felt so kind of home, like, wow, I, I, I feel so seen. But when I started and I went up to her, she avoided me and I never felt so kind of quote-unquote outcasted and that's when I realized at such an age that I need to watch more cartoons I need to listen and read more books that has English so quote-unquote this forced assimilation that I gone through is something that had effect on me because I've always tried to erase my accent. Till this day, I'm still learning my identity and it's a journey and it's a journey that we go on together Kasamas. But more more on the podcast, let's get back to the episode and listen to Bea's story. They're like expecting so much from me because like why is this 16 year old kid in a, in my college classes? like so many expectations to be honest and um oh yeah and everything is like expensive everything is expensive because <laughs> you know how like um peso peso to dollar i'm an international oh. student i cannot think like you guys because you guys are earning dollars and you're spending dollars but for me as an international student i'm spending philippine peso from my parents in in, um, in manila and i'm gonna spend it dollars here in hawaii so i'm like Oh my god everything is expensive because i think that's the talk that i didn't have with my parents like everything is expensive here i didn't know i so i'm like i just felt bad for my parents they're sending me here and um everything is expensive that was a culture shock for me too and um yeah there's so many terms even though i'm speaking english no one can understand me it took me some time to adjust in school but thank God, I was able to find myself like pretty quickly, um, vibing with everyone in a class and all that. With that, and one thing that kind of stood out when you were speaking with your parents sending you to Hawaii, how was it like for them and for you? Especially because are you the youngest or yes. oldest? I am the eldest in the family. Okay. Uh, me and then I have I have a brother in high school, and then I have a little sister in grade school. So I'm the eldest and I'm the one who finished college. Well, again, I was a kid when they sent me in America. I didn't know what I was doing. I just know that, ooh, I'm gonna study in college in America. Let's go like, let's go experience college. But for my parents, they sent me in America. So again, I was a kid. I was 16 when my parents sent me there in Hawaii to study. All I can think about is just, yay, I'm going to experience studying in America. But then for my parents, they sent me in America for a chance for that, you know, American dream. It was a chance for them and for me, I guess, to chase that. But then again, are you going to trust the kid to chase that American dream? I didn't even know who I am. I didn't know how am I going to chase something if I still don't know who I am. So it was, it was like, it was hard. It was hard. In my first two years in Hawaii, I was just like, you know, yay, studying, doing all that. And of course, let's try working, working while studying so I can, ha- I can help. But then it's really um, senior year in UH and, um, while working, on my one year working. That's when the pressure like is really on, like, oh my God, I need to, I need to find a job. I need to find a job that will like help me stay here and all that because we all wanted me to stay there but yeah I sadly I didn't I used to um blame myself 
for not being able to stay there. But thankful I have good friends. I have great friends. I love them. They reminded me that don't blame yourself. It's just there's so many factors that play here for you to stay in America. It's not just you. It's not just you, but like it's not entirely you. Like it's just opportunities in Hawaii. It's not the same as the mainland. Um, we're we're in a pandemic. Everyone's like suffering, so you don't have to stress yourself that no, um, there's no company out there, because. Yeah, someone to take those ways because that's not me. And yeah, so I went, did the other way, which is like the actual um, path for international students in America. Studying, studying, after studying, you graduate, you work while working, you try to find a job, they're going to give you a working visa. And while you're, while you're in a working visa, that's if they like you, they're going to give you a green card. And then, you know, green card after that you can apply for citizenship so i went to that path but sadly i didn't get it so now i'm back home but i think my parents accepted it already so it's all good but like for me at the back of my head oh god it's still at least i guess at least i still had that chance to chase the american dream thank you for sharing with that and i think that's one of the most difficult parts that happened like last year especially because hearing the news like a lot of the international students kind of had this make it or break it like you have to leave or you'll get deported back that was one of the most when i found that out like it was it was really hard because many international students really worked their way to come here the education that they need you guys needed to just to to create that kind of i guess future if that mm-hmm. makes sense yes. but i feel like with everything that you're 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 with everything that you're going through you're going through now um especially moving back home it takes it gives you opportunity to to share your experience Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Cause um, I think think it's good to be like optimistic that you're that yeah you're studying in America. But like, girl, I'm telling you, um, you gotta plan ahead. Plan, plan your plan A, plan B, plan A, plan B, plan C. Think about all your exit strategy. Cause I'm like, I just want to remind people that studying in America on a student visa is like very hard. Um, there's like our scholarships are like so limited so but there are scholarships are out there but like it's so limited for international students like us and um getting that working visa it's it's hard too so um just make sure you have a plan for everything that happens in your life (laughs) yeah it's better to be prepared than to be like than to be depressed over something that didn't happen very (laughs) solid advice and before we get into the advice part i wanted to ask this main question which is because um we we are called reclaiming filipino filipina philippine identity so what does reclaiming your filipino identity mean to you reclaiming my filipino identity for me is definitely learning who i am as a filipino and as a filipino woman um because back then I always found myself asking like, where do I belong? It's always, where do I belong? Do I belong here? Do I belong with them? Do, do I, where do I belong? Instead of asking myself, who am I? Who am I really? What, what do I like? What am I? Um, so I, my advice is that the first step of reclaiming your identity is really um, learning about your culture, learning about yourself, learning about your family. That's a good start. Um, Just like what I did. So I started learning more about my family because I have a big family. I I have a big Filipino family, big Filipino Ilocano family in Hawaii. And um, that's a good start to learn about my surroundings, um, my identity, my culture, my family. And um. And from there, learn about um, Filipinos in the island, Filipinos in America, Filipinos in Hawaii. And then just keep like learning more and more after that. After learning about the Filipinos in Hawaii, I started learning again, my Filipinos back home in the Philippines. So just take it one step at a time. And because um, every step along the way, it's like 
a big, big lesson. And it really helped me to reclaim my Filipino identity. So always stay curious and keep learning. And we should not stress ourselves because I was stressing myself back then. But but yeah, just don't stress and like take it easy. Just as long as you're actively learning about yourself, your Filipino culture, your family, your identity, you're you're on a good path. For you, um, Jim, like when it, Baya, uh, what it, when you learned about your family history here in Hawaii um, and the Philippines, what, how, what am I going to how did you feel? Ooh, how did I feel? Everything I knew back then was wrong. That's definitely. Because I grew up when, ever since I was like a kid, when I was a baby, my mom always told me like, hey, you're my, my mom, your grandma is in Hawaii. She's like American. She's there for like, for how many years now? You have a grandma who lives in America. And you know, as I grew up, you know, like, pop culture, mainstream media, like American TV, American food. I'm like, oh my God, this is America. I want to be with my grandma in America. But then I thought, it's not a bad thing, but like I thought she was like bawling. <laughs> she was like bawling <laughs> in, in, in Hawaii. But then when I came there, because you know, like when you're, when you have a grandma, you guys are, you guys, you're in Hawaii, right? So when you have relatives back home, you always send a lot of balikbayan boxes. And, you know, you know, people here, we're going to look at you guys. and Oh, my God, they're bawling in America. <laughs> they're bawling in America. But, um, yeah, when I came there, I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know my grandma was working this, like, this hard. She, she's already a grandma, but she's still working. So I'm like, it was really, like, it was a shock. I learned a lot from that. My parents, my my auntie, my auntie, she was a nurse here. I, she, she was still here when I was growing up. She's a nurse here, and then when she when she came to Hawaii, she's working two jobs, almost three jobs. So it was um, it was like a culture shock. I think that's also part of culture shock, right? I learned that that oh my god, everyone here is like working, working. I mean, I didn't. When you were a kid here in, in the Philippines, you're just going to think everyone in America is balling, have a lot of money, have a, got a lot of spend. But when I came there, oh my God, they're all working so hard just so they can like survive and still send some back home here in the Philippines. So that was, that really taught me a lot about my family, Filipinos in Hawaii and Filipinos in America. Everyone's working so hard just to make everything work. I like how you bring that yeah. up because I feel like especially many Filipinos in Philippines, they see all of the like, buy-in boxes. It's like, oh, like, and that that's where a lot of the stereotypes came. Like, oh, can you send us this and that? But they don't realize what goes in inside that is like all of the late nights, all of the hard nights. And they don't even have time for themselves to rest. And I feel like that is the biggest disconnect when it comes to Philippines and America. And OFWs, it's like, we for, you tend to forget the work behind the, the, th the things that we give is our stress. Definitely, definitely. So, so when I came back here, and, you know, I had friends, too. And they're like, you know, I'm their friend. Like, hey, can you buy me this? Buy me that. And, like, <laughs> I just straight up tell them, like, guys, no, I cannot. I study in the morning. I study. Wait. I work in the morning because I used to work at a cafeteria in LCC. So I work in the morning. After that, I go to classes and then study. And then after that, I go back to the cafe to work. I'm like, guys, no, I cannot. I, I can give you guys chocolate, but that's it. Like. I, I'm also that bridge in my friends to like tell them like guys America is great but like it's also hard work like a lot of hard work not like how we thought about it but yeah thank you for sharing and I feel like when the more that I get to talk to you the more that I see all of that the, all of the many experiences that you experienced here in Hawaii and I, I see a lot of a lot of things coming your way and 
one one question that kind of popped up when you were talking is if you were to meet an international student coming to America it's or Hawaii what was the number are you sure about this <laughs> I was gonna ask them though, like are you sure about this <laughs> are you sure about this like I think because when we say studying all we think about like yeah we're gonna study we're gonna learn in this university we're gonna experience what it's like to be an American student in an American university but we're not Americans we're international students so we gotta make sure that we have a plan what are we gonna do after we get this degree what are we gonna do basically what are we gonna do what are you gonna do um that's the biggest advice I'd say like you gotta plan you really gotta plan because um for me, I had a plan if I if I start working in America, I had this plan. What if I didn't I didn't get to stay? I have this plan too. Um, it's uh, I, I know that we gotta live young, don't plan, don't stress too much, but being an international student, the the American government does not, I'm sorry, but they do not give a sh about us. <laughs> they do not give up. <laughs> Yes, about us. They just want to take our money. So you got to make sure that you know what you want and you have a plan for everything. Yeah. And America is not what you think it is. It's hard work. It's hard work, baby. <laughs> I want to... This is like so off tangent, but then for, like for Filipinos going to Hawaii, to America... And then for American students going to Philippines, like I wonder how that feeling will be like, especially like being an international student in the Philippines as well. I'm sorry about that. Wait, let me. Let, no, no, let no! Me it back. makes me miss the Philippines so much. <laughs> There's so. I'm, I'm so sorry. I live on a street. That's why. So so many like. Okay, so. That's actually a good question because if I didn't start working in Hawaii, Hawaii Filipino Chronicle, I didn't, I wouldn't even know that there are actually Filipino Americans that go back here to the Philippines to study. So most of them, um, I, from my from my experience working at HFC Hawaii Filipino Chronicle, um, most Filipino Americans who wants to become a doctor. They go back to the Philippines. They go, they go to USD, University of Santo Tomas, to go to med school. Because, you know, it's cheaper here, right? And they're already, they're already Filipino-Americans. They have that U.S. citizenship. So they can just fly back home and they have, they have their med school degree. They can just go um, back to America for their residency. And um, you're going to miss your family a lot if, if you're planning to move back here to study for college. Yeah, you're... Because um, most of the Filipinos, in, especially in Hawaii, most of the Filipinos in Hawaii are Ilocano. And then when you go back here to go to med school, let's say in, the, in Manila, um, Man people in Manila kind of tend to like, you know, if you're from the province, they're going to like kind of, um, what, what's the term? <laughs> they're going to be, they're, I forgot the term, wait. Um, they're kind of they're kind of going to discriminate you, but then you're Americans, so they're gonna love you because you're American. <laughs> that that sounds bad, but um, but yeah, um, I of course the the experience is gonna be so different. But the good thing for you guys, Filipino Americans going back here to the homeland, you got to spend your time here and learn more about our culture. Um, school is way more hard here in the Philippines, that's for sure. I'm telling you guys, it's so much harder. University here is harder than university in America. And um, yeah, there's not really like bad, I cannot really like um, caution you guys for bad things because I, I personally don't think there, there isn't because um, all the good things outweighs that, that's why. You're, in, you're here in the Philippines. Spend your time. Go visit your relatives back home in the province or if you have relatives here in Manila. Make some friends and learn our pop culture because Filipino pop culture is good. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I feel like 
um, Filipino American studying in the Philippines has a much more enjoyable and different experience than me, a Filipino studying in America. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Honestly, I think remember the last time I, I um when I took when I took a Philippine pop culture class, um I remember the educational system in America and Filipino Philippines is very different. America is more relaxed and chill. It Philippines is. is many it's more hardcore and they really kind of it's structured it really helps you learn but in America the education system is just like oh you're on your own if you do bad okay and then in yeah. Philippines you're doing bad okay you you really fail a grade you really fail like you really get left behind in America no everyone goes ahead and everyone is in the same playing field but in Philippines it really tests you so it's just like and then, but the downside to it is that in Philippines, if you have an American education, they like you better. But in Philippines, you, the educational is more better because you actually learn. So it's like contradiction. It's like, why do you accept the American degree when in Philippines, you, they're, they're more like drilling you and you actually learn more. So just like, I don't know. <laughs> No, exactly, exactly. It's like in the Philippines, you work hard. You work hard to get that degree. But then once you have that degree, can I use it in America? I'm not sure. Maybe or no. The answer usually is like no. But I used the example of Filipino medical students earlier because it weirdly, um, America likes Filipino American, uh, Filipino doctors. So if you want your degree in the Philippines to matter abroad, nursing or med school is the way. But other like arts for me, it it wouldn't work in America. But then again, just like you said, American education system is like super relaxed. So like, but then after you graduate, it's like, did you really learn or not? <laughs> <laughs> like you uh, you only learn if you work hard and like oh, you're in the everyone learns something because everyone's drilling you so yeah it's it's a weird combination I don't know why <laughs> I remember the last before I moved here to Hawaii um I remember in the Philippines it's daytime then it really ends at two but then you don't, you really don't have homework in the Philippines because you do your work in school and you also get the time to take a break. So. Yeah, yeah. It's like we spend long hours in school here in the Philippines, but then every, everything's done. So you can just chill after that. But yeah, I just remembered if you're a Filipino-American planning to study here in the Philippines, you're going to spend a lot, especially college, you're going to spend most of your time in school so don't expect like American treatment here because no because like when I studied in UH in LCC I only take like two classes per day and then that's it I'm done but then yeah I, we have homework we have presentations to do but then we can just do it on our own time but then here college you're here from morning like 8 a.m to 5 p.m and then you still have homework to do Plus your commute depends on where you live. It's going to take around 30 to two hours. So it's like life is hard here. But I guess if you're Filipino-American, you get that pass. because That was really like off-tangent conversation. But it just it, it's nice to like just kind of, kind of include it with it too. Because it helps. It really helps me on the um, kind of back and forth with the conversation. But going with the interview out. Uh, and going into the future now is where do you see yourself in the next 10 years uh, that's a good question another beauty pageant question <laughs> um so in terms of my like career i'm gonna talk about my career because like when when i was in hawaii that's the only thing i had to think about my career so uh yeah i just i just hope in like in 10 years i'm working in a position that I like because um, I'm a journalism graduate so I really like I want to be 
I want to keep writing. Um, I want to keep writing. I want to tell people's stories. That's what I really want. And um, I hope that by 10 years, I'm not rushing things. <laughs> I'm not rushing things. Because I think, I feel like ever since I came to Hawaii, I've been rushing things. And um, yeah, that's, that's basically it. I just have a simple dream. <laughs> <laughs> with that dream within a dream, do you plan on coming back to Hawaii? Ooh, another beauty pageant question. You should apply to be Miss Philippine. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I'd like to, I, I loved Hawaii. I would visit again, but like as, on vacation on a student, uh, not student visa. I'm I'm over that on a um on a tourist visa yeah definitely I would just visit again because I feel like even though I lived there for five years I didn't really get to explore the island and um when I go back I want to be like able to like just chill because when I li- when I was living there I was like just thinking about the things like how am I gonna pay my rent how am I gonna pay my bills because you know everything is expensive in Hawaii. So if I'm going back there in Hawaii, I, I, would, I would rather just enjoy myself. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was really hard to um, picture my future in Hawaii and in America. So I, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> in that same chain, in that same chain wavelength, would you want to go back in, in another, not in Hawaii, but in another state? still no I would just rather visit but like it's so hard that's why but I'm I am I am still thinking of like going back to grad school going going to grad school but I don't know if I want U.S. again if I want to go back to America I'm I'm looking at Australia and even Singapore so I'm I still don't know what I want to take in grad school but grad, grad school sounds great yeah, but like America is like, uh, maybe if I get like a scholarship there, then yeah, I'll study again. But I cannot, uh, I, I cannot imagine like living there, starting a family, paying an insurance company in America for, you know, like those things, like very adult things. I, can, I, I cannot imagine myself in America, like retiring there and everything. No so hard (laughs) thank you for your honesty and with that said if you were given the opportunity to give a speech in front of a large audience maybe this is a beauty pageant question but (laughs) and you were to ask to give an advice to those who have yet to come or your future children what would you say to them oh guys the world just keeps changing evolving sometimes it feels like everything is happening all at once um if if you're an easily confused person like i am it's gonna really melt your brain (laughs) it's really gonna melt your brain but um just remember take things easy take everything one step at a time um whether it's for school for work your career relationship or just really finding your own identity um, just take it slow and easy. Start, start somewhere and be an expert in that and then move on and then be an expert with that. Don't rush everything. Um, don't rush because everything in life is best understood when we take things our own pace. Yeah. I think that was a better said than done. I think that was a beautiful way to just have um wrap everything up that was a really nice way to kind of leave a next leave that i'm like picturing a book leaving that next chapter ahead for you and with everything that we just had conversations with i i feel like there's so much for you to to go in to grow into and there's so much opportunity still waiting, awaiting for you. And I know in the very beginning, you mentioned that um, if 
it wasn't for COVID, you wanted to be able to start your company. Um, but I feel like with that, I feel like there's still there's still growing ways. And I feel like an opportunity in the in the next chapter ahead that you will continue to grapple. You'll you'll eventually get to your destination. I hope so. Oh my god. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. And a little way to find way to end the podcast is what is your favorite Filipino phrase and word? Oh my god. I just put a word. It's kind of a weird word. I don't know if you guys have heard like tekwat is a verb. It means to grab or to get. Um it's a I know it's a Filipino word. It's a Tagalog word. Um, I put that word. I'm. <laughs> I put that word because when I first came to Hawaii, and of course I lived with my cousins, yeah. Um, I was like, they're like Filipino connection in the household because I'm the one fresh from the Philippines. So every time I'd say something, they're gonna be like, "Why do you keep saying dekwat? Like, dinedekwat kuyon, dinekwat kuyong lace, dinekwat kuyulumpia kanina." It's just a really like funny word to me. That's why I like it. And it's one of like the Filipino words in Hawaii that really stuck with me. Um, yeah, because it's, it's me and my cousin's favorite Filipino word. <laughs> Dekwat. Dekwat. To grab, to get. To get something. Dinekwat ko yung cellphone mo kanina. Dinekwat ko yung lumpia kanina. Ang dami kong dinekwat na lumpia sa Filipino party. Ganon. Ganon ginagamit yung word na dekwat. <laughs> I never heard of that part. Very interesting. I think one another sentence that came and trying to wrap everything is dinedekwat mo ang opportunities na makastadis. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a good way to use it. Dumekwat. <laughs> Nagkaroon ako ng ano, opportunity. Yes. Dinekwat ko yung opportunidad na yon. Dinekwat. Dekwat. It's a beautiful word. I like it. I love that word. Dekwat. <laughs> I think it's a really, it's a really nice word. I feel like it will be your catchphrase. It, it was my catchphrase. Oh my God. Every time my cousin see me, Ate Bea, you always say dekwat. What does it mean? Dekwat. Dekwat here, dekwat done. <laughs> yeah. But with all that said and do, I really had fun having this conversation with you. Um, I feel like there's so much more and there's so much. I want to continue to keep asking you because you really have a story to, to say. And within the next future if ever like if you want to do a collaborator collaborative talks talk story with internet with a philip with with um living in philippines and living in hawaii like um that would be a really great honor because i always look forward to hear stories with the filipinos in the philippines because i feel like not much of their stories are also heard because it's hard getting it's hard getting to talk stories in the Philippines because of everything happening because of um the amazing government <laughs> and that's a wrap on season 6 episode 7 on the oral history for Jimbea getting to talk to her and especially Coming from the Philippines that we did this interview, we were both on Zoom, it was really an honor because I not only had a perspective from someone who studied here in Hawaii, but to share her experiences and what she had to go through and all of her process, it really opens your mind a little bit to like the different cultures that you essentially grew up in and growing up in philippines is so different from growing up in hawaii as a filipino and then moving to the mainland which was um, 
half of the podcast this season six and hearing someone as an international student with their experience kind of opens a little gate of sharing our narratives so i would like to say thank you for those of y'all who made it this far and listened to the podcast and i just want to say that through our experiences and through the many things that we go through we are always making history and part of the reason why we are in different spaces is so that we are able to not only represent but so that we can have a better idea of it because we know everything that we are in everything is messy but that's the beauty of it the messiness so don't get your wallies and broom it all the messiness away because that's part of our history that's a part of the journey and without further said and do feel free to follow us on instagram at kasamahanko and we are nearing the end of the season but we are also starting a new project and that requires a lot of support and monetary donations so if you have the chance uh, feel free to support this podcast and this platform on anchor.fm slash kasamahan collective dash or slash support and it's also going to be on our show notes when you read the podcast so feel free to do that and also follow us on tiktok youtube and subscribe to us on anchor fm so you get the latest notification without further said and do i'm excited for y'all to listen to next week's podcast guest next podcast guest is going we're going back to hawaii but this time we are going to hear the story of someone who have moved away from college to the west coast specifically the pnw area so keep the kids for next time thank you for joining us and support us like us and if you have any feedback comments or suggestions feel free to message us on instagram at kasamahan and without further ado thank you and have a wonderful rest of your day night afternoon what time you're listening to this podcast